Hello, welcome to Strange Love of Movies. My name is Olivia Martinez, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Oscar and Emily Martinez. And today we're on episode 15 of our Coen Brothers series. We're almost there, guys. We're almost there. And we are talking about True Grit, which is the Coen Brothers' biggest hit by far. And it's a remake of a John Wayne film and a very famous classic Western novel. It stars the dude, Lebowski, (laughs) Jeff Bridges, and then a young Haley Steinfeld. And surprisingly enough, Haley Steinfeld has ended up okay, and she is still a pretty big star. But this was her first role, and she absolutely killed it. It's a really, really good movie, and we're here to talk about it. Yeah, and Matt Damon is in this, too. And Matt Damon was a big star when, when this came out, 2010. Obviously, Jeff Bridges has been a star for a while. I mean, Matt Damon was probably at his peak at 2010. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and so is yeah. uh, Josh Brolin Josh plays a role, and he was he's, he's he was big for, for a bit there. And No Country for Old Men. Is this before No Country for Old Men or after? Way after. Way after, okay. So they're reunited for this one. And uh, yeah, it was... It's one of these things we've been saying throughout this series, like so many of the films. I remember enjoying this at the time. We saw it at the movies, and we actually, the three of us saw yeah, it. Yeah, I saw this. And it, uh, but it was so much better and so much funnier, so much funnier yes. this time around. I didn't pick up on the humor. And as we've mentioned before, they have a lot of narrators and throughout their movies. This one, she's narrating it, uh, the Haley, uh, what's her last name? Steinfeld. Steinfeld. Um, and she's narrating, and she's this prim and proper young lady with this amazing command of the English language. And it's so, if you love language, she uses just the right words. And she's to, very high-minded. Yes. And she's then like living among these men who are really pretty rough. Yeah, because she, um, yeah, it start, the first scene starts with her having to go somewhere to claim her father's body. And what is she? She's 12 years old or 14 at the most, maybe between 12 14, and 14. 14, yeah. And, uh, and yet... She's an adult. You had to grow up fast back then in the old west. You know? She ends up bargaining with um, with the banker and with the undertaker, yeah. and she holds her own. Yeah, and then Jeff, Jeff Bridges plays the main character, Rooster Cogburn, right? Which is John Wayne made so famous because he won uh, his only Oscar for back in the late sixties, I think it was, and he was kind of this older, crotchety. Maybe he'd done some great things back in the day, but he's way past his prime. Alcoholic. Yeah, drinks a little bit too much. A lot bit too much. Just looking for... And that was really funny, too. The very first scene that he's testifying about, did he shoot the the people he shot, this entire family, killed this entire family, did they... uh, They're bad guys, but did they pull guns on him? And the way he answers, yeah, it's just (laughs) so funny. He's so dude-like, you know? Yeah, it's like he never... He's the sort of person who's not going to lie, but then he's also not going to necessarily tell you exactly what you want to hear. Is this his only other film with the Coen brothers? You know, I think it is, yeah. Wow, good for him. It was probably fun for them to reunite on this. But the film is, I mean, it's a classic Western, but it does have so much humor. And it's also just a really good story. Like There's so many layers, but basically Haley Seinfeld's character, who is named Maddie... Her father was killed by a really bad guy who kind of turned his back on her father. And so she wants to avenge him, but she doesn't want to kill him. She wants to capture him so that he can get hanged in front of justice. Yeah. So she can have justice. He can get hanged in front of the entire state of Arkansas. And that's the goal. And she needs the toughest, cruelest person, Marshall, out there to help her. 
And that's how she gets with Jeff Bridges. She offers him a quite a bit of money. Yeah, because of the bargaining with the banker, she has all this money she can offer him. And then they end up running into Matt Damon's character, who's, they call him La Beef, but I feel like it should be La Boof or something. <laughs> like, it's just spelled not like beef. I think that may be a joke too, because it just sounds so unfair. Well, it's a, a French word, yeah. Yeah, and he's a Texas Ranger. And, yes. and he doesn't let you forget that he's a Texas it's Ranger. A, that's a, he's a funny character. And because, he also yeah, wants... He's, in a way, he's kind of her male equivalent in a way because yeah. he's very he's kind of very high-minded in his own way and so there it's kind of a battle of wills no that's a good point and he also wants to catch this killer of her father for a totally different reason and i think and then he wants to bring him back to texas to get hanged for something else in waco right yeah i think so yeah. and Haley seinfeld's like no 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 i want him to get justice for my father's and it's just like a whole confusing fiasco and of course they're running into all these different groups of people who don't like them for this and that and uh, it's a very stressful at times but it's a lot of fun well and getting back to the jeff bridges character rooster cogburn he's a u.s marshal right that's what he is yeah. yes and he uh again he talks about some high you think he's telling these tall tales but then throughout the course of the film if he can cut any corners he he will cut them, no True. question about it. But each of them shows displays the title of the book, right? I mean, or the the movie, right? True Grit, and the original book. I haven't read it, but apparently it's written from her perspective. You haven't read it, but you respect it. Yeah, and that was <laughs> yeah, that's right. I totally respect it. But it was different than the John Wayne film because that was from his perspective. And oh, this one, right. it's her perspective, which again, she's just seeing everything with this, you know, very like you mentioned, the high minded approach and um that's where the the humor comes in which i did not pick up on at all i just saw it as a pure drama and this you know this the the the, the part in the parlance of our times shall we say that's how they used to talk you know and i remember seeing the um the john wayne true grit with my parents as a little girl and and i really enjoyed it i mean it's a really good movie too mm -hmm. and of course it has just like all john wayne movies it kind of has a certain humor to it but it's it's mostly a i mean it's it's mostly drama oh, and yeah. western classic western this had a lot more humor and yet it wasn't cone brothers humor no. i don't think i think it was just kind of very and that's probably why it was such a big success i don't think i don't think they made this movie to make a lot of money mm -mm. but i think they probably made it with the idea that they could make a just kind of classic American movie that audiences would enjoy, and and all sorts of audiences would would enjoy. It wasn't didn't have the quirky humor that they sometimes fit in there. And notably, it's also PG thirteen, which is rare for their films. So that was like a very smart business move because I think Oh Brother We're Out There is also PG thirteen. Those are two of their biggest successes because of that. And yeah, I mean, families could go see this movie, and yeah, I'm sure. A third or more, maybe half of the people watching this have no idea who the Coen brothers are. Which well, is and that's the thing. Sad for you, them. You, you mentioned their success, <laughs> and the budget was like 35 to 38 million. It brought in 252 million. That's that crazy. is huge. And it's the second highest grossing Western of all time what? when adjusted for inflation. What do you think the first is? Mm. Was it the original Trigger? <laughs> no, it was uh, Dances with Wolves. Uh. All right. <clears throat> <laughs> Definitely overrated. Yeah, I just I can't even seen you know Costner's 1990s hairstyle in the 1880s. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, but the funny thing about that too, what you just said, Liv, um, I did some research on this. 
and it said it did really well in LA and New York as usual. But it's its top 20 markets also included Oklahoma City, Plano, Texas, which is where we saw it, right? That's yeah. so strange. And then this one, Olaf, Kansas. <laughs> I'm like, what's an Olaf, wow. Kansas? Olafy? Interesting. Who knew that many people could? Kansas Strange Love. Please let us know how you pronounce that. We we want to get everything right. You know how we are. So, but anyway, yeah, this is really a, an action film. It's a comedy. It's a drama, but it's more. It's just very well done. As usual, the the humor that's in there throughout the undercurrent is there. And if you're, uh, especially when you see it from that perspective, you're going to enjoy this movie quite a bit. And it's a travel tale or kind of an odyssey type, which they love. I mean, yeah, people are, they're encountering all sorts of interesting characters along the way as they as they travel toward their destination. And one of the interesting characters they stumble upon is actually Dom Hall Gleason, which is very strange. You guys didn't believe me. No, I did not believe that was him. Super young Dom Hall. And it's just funny because he is the most... Irish person you've ever met, but Irish or Scottish or something. And then the yeah, non, but he's uh, just very like American. He, yeah, he's not Western. The non John Goodman, John Goodman, the guy we thought was John Goodman, but it wasn't John Goodman. Yes, <laughs> this is another thing. I mean, they do have some of their regulars with Josh Brolin, Jeff Bridges. I guess there are they regulars. There's uh, they've been in others. They've yeah. been stars in others, one other each, but. They don't really have their ensemble cast like usual, but that's okay. because Francis McDormand isn't in this no, one. No, John Goodman's not in this. Um, Tertoro isn't in this. Right. A lot of them aren't in it. But one thing about the traveling tale, we kept talking about this throughout the film. Where are they supposed to be? Because it looks really pretty, and that just does not look like Texas or... Arkansas. I don't know. I'm They're going confused. back to Arkansas, right? Yeah. I mean, the, the film journey. was shot in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and some parts in Austin, Texas, actually. But yeah. I just, I was confused. Well, I think it's set. Confused. It's it's set between Arkansas, Texas, and then IT and uh, in Indian Territory, which would be Oklahoma, possibly, okay. possibly New Mexico, but that area, but. In New Mexico and Oklahoma, there are parts of it that look the same. Okay, I guess I don't know. It was just kind of weird. Sure. But that was interesting when you mentioned that he had, she had three choices to pick the, the person to help her. There was one guy who was great, who, who did everything by the book. There was another guy who was young and cheaper. But she said, who's the meanest? There was the guy in the middle, and there was yes. Mr. Carter. And that's who she wanted. Yeah, which is kind yeah. of funny. So. Yeah. And it's so funny that, you know, they call it horse trading, right? That's what she, it's exactly what she does. Right. She's like, she's, he, she's owed money for horses. Her dad's dead. Well, little girl, we just can't give you the money, you know. We, we and then she she wears the guy down. That's one. Of, that's a really funny part where the guy. She definitely gets the best of them. Yeah, and it's pretty crazy, actually, how talented and good she is. I mean, this was actually her first role. I know. Did she make any other movies? Because she's mostly a, a singer. She's now. made huh? some other movies that are all right, but I mean, this being your first role and being able to almost outact and outperform Jeff Bridges and Matt Damon is pretty spectacular. She was terrific, yes. They were very lucky to find her because, oh my gosh, this could have been so easily, absolutely dreadful if it wasn't the right girl. Yeah, and I think they had a huge casting call for yeah, her, right? Yeah, I've she heard was that. Like one of the, and she was, can you imagine winning that? And, she, she earned it, And it yes. was important because she had to, she was the center of the story. I mean, she held everything together, you know. And it's like really hard casting young girls in films because you have to have the right combination of spunky and sassy, but not annoying because audiences, I mean, me included, tend to get more annoyed at young girls than young guys for some reason. It's just something that we do. I don't know why. I've just heard that before, that it's just a lot harder to find 
young female actors. Because, yeah, if they're too sassy, then they're annoying. But if they're too chill or boring and docile. So she was the perfect amount of everything. And she had to be um, not, I mean, she kind of had to be plain or kind of an an ordinary looking person. Because what made her special was her intelligence and and her own grit. Yeah, and I mean, we talked about, man, a lot of episodes back. What was it episode nine or something with the man who wasn't there? Yes. I think, but I mean, ScarJo is in that, and I think she would have been, if she was younger, she would have been... Too glamorous. Yeah, too glamorous. But I, no, I think she would have worked, though. A young ScarJo in uh, True Grit, I think it would have worked, because she wasn't glamorous at that point. Maybe. But I don't know. They've just worked with some young girls who are actually really talented. I know. She was cast from out of 15,000 applicants, and she was 13 at, at that point. Gosh. Imagine. It's good, though, that they picked someone who's actually that age, because I hate when they have, like, 24-year-olds trying to play a 14-year-old. That is just cringy. Or Diane Keaton playing a cheerleader when she's 83. Well, that's a whole different <laughs> issue. We'll be reviewing the book club, too, at some point. I don't know about that. What else is there with this film? It's really good, but I feel like there's just not much to say, which could be to its detriment. I don't know. Um, just, yeah, it's, a, it's good however you view it. I mean, mm-hmm. it's entertaining, it's well acted, it's funny, it's exciting, um, humorous. So it's just a, it's a really well-made Hollywood movie that the Cone brothers, of course, make even better than other directors would have probably. Yeah. And they, it shows they don't have to be completely quirky and yet they didn't, it's still a Cone brothers film. It still has its funniness, you know, that most mainstream movies may not. But it was their most mainstream film, wouldn't you say, of yes. all the movies yes, they made? And that's it why it's a big hit. They could, you know, there's these people out there, oh, well, I can make a mainstream, a pop song. I can make a number one hit or I can make a number one movie. And it's not that easy, you know, and yet they're, they were able to do it because they, they're good, you know. And they, you said the budget of $35 million, that was their biggest budget? Was it? No, I don't think so. No, okay. Because I was going to say, that's not compared to, nah, they're cheap. They, <laughs> to a lot of movies. That's a pretty small budget, but um, they certainly made it work and again the great roger deacon cinematography really nicely done carter Browell. this had a really nice score yes Mm -hmm. oh yes the the thanks for mentioning that because um we say that about every film but i mean this one especially first time i saw it i didn't realize that the theme throughout was nearer my god to thee the standard the the hymn it's such a great song it supposedly was a song they were playing on the titanic when it before it went down but you know the music starts you'll recognize it when you hear it and then she just starts narrating and you're you're hooked from the very beginning I think. But in the very first two, there's a lot of biblical references. The wicked flee when none pursueth from Proverbs, right? Yeah. And that's that's on the on the screen as well. So that should that sets the tone. That plus the music really sets the tone of righteousness and there is right, there is wrong, there's good, there is evil. And you you'll find out who's who when you when you see the movie. Right. And it's worth pursuing justice. Yeah. And also one more thing about the music is I think it it did have a um, the feel of a John Ford movie. It I did, mean, it the did. music really kind of seemed like a classic Western in that way, too. And I like how she insults um, Rooster Carver. She says, a little bit of decency does not abide in you. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the kind of language she uses. It's so yes. funny. And then he says, remember when, aren't we going to give them a decent burial? He kills some bad guys. 
He said, them men wanted a decent burial. They should have been killed in the summer, even though he just killed them because <laughs> the ground was too hard to, to dig a grave. Yeah. Really, really funny. But I can't say enough about enough good things about this movie. It's yes, really, really, really entertaining. It. And you remember, you actually remembered scenes from this, right, Liv, when you were a little girl? I did. I remember something involving a snake. Oh, yeah. And I was right, Dad. You were like, there's no snake in this. Yeah, and as I got closer, I was like, oh, yeah, there is a snake in this. Yeah, I remember being really scared by yeah. that part, actually. As and, and again, each, each of the main characters does something incredibly heroic that changes the course of yes. the, the, the outcome for their, each of their lives. You know? And the villains are very villainous. Yes, they're bad. <laughs> they're they're bad really men. bad. They're scary. So should we get to ratings so we don't make this too long? Yes, let's do it. How many saddles would we give True Grit? The 2010 version, not the original. I'd give it uh, probably maybe a five. Wow. I think I would. I mean, I was going to try to temper it like 4.5, but I think a five. I mean, I can't really find any fault with it. Yeah, it's a great commercial film. I think I'd probably get a bit a 4.25 if that's allowed. I don't know if that's allowed. It's just. I don't know. You guys know me. Westerns aren't my kind of movie, but I was engaged the entire time and I did enjoy it. So maybe 4.5. I'll do 4.5. Out of five saddles, I give it a five as well because as we've talked about, um, so many of their movies, that's why we're doing this series because so many of the films we've seen, uh, we have now seen more than once, maybe more than twice even. Mm -hmm. This one I can see seeing again and soon you know like next within the next year like whereas some of the other ones eh, not so much i can i, I can I, I liked we've liked everyone we've seen uh the yes. second time and or third time and this one yeah i can't wait to see it again actually it was fun it really is the perfect commercial film and on that note thank you guys for listening to episode 15 of our cone brother series next up is a totally totally different film Inside Lewin Davis, y'all will be interested to hear what we think about that one because we got some thoughts. But for now, stay safe from any snakes. Remember the hack that Jeff Bridges uses in the film. If you're out in the wild, put a rope around you while you sleep because I guess snakes don't like going over that rope, which I mean, it's a true thing. It's real. So stay safe. How about that? Strange love saves lives. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.